On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, another study from the ongoing series, The Tabernacle. Today's message is from Wednesday evening, May 9th, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. He brings freedom to those who are captive. Amen. If you're standing with us tonight, grab your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, verse 2. I want to set this up tonight, but I want to get to talk about the manifestation of God's presence or his glory being revealed to us. Wherever there is God, there is glory. And wherever his glory is, there's freedom or a chance for us to be in his presence. You cannot separate God from his glory. They're one and the same. I told you when I started this series, the reason to teach this series is because it is not only a journey through the tabernacle that foreshadows Christology or Christ in the New Testament, but it's God showing us how he desires to dwell with his people. When sin separated, when Israel rebelled, God still desired to dwell amongst his people. Not in cathedrals, not in buildings, not something that has been made by man and maybe spectacular to man. God says it's not spectacular to me. God says, I want to be with you. I want to dwell in you. And that's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're pulling the scripture up for you. Let me make mention too also, Miss Wanda, Sister Wanda Knight, Danny's wife, of course, we buried her mother last week. She needs our prayers. Also, Brandon Butts, his grandfather, uh, went on to his reward today. Two of our staff member families that have suffered loss in the last seven days, please reach out to them and let them know that you care and that you are praying for them. Let's read. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come up at just any time into the holy place. Inside the veil, we talked about the veil last Wednesday, before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear, watch this, in the cloud above the mercy seat. That's what we want to teach tonight. Stretch your hand this way if you would, please. We want God to move in this house. We want God to work in this house. Amen. Brother Tony Hester, right where you're standing, pray that the congregation would have ears to hear the word tonight, please. I mean, you be seated. Pull up verse three just for a second. Tonight we enter to the most holy place. The next verse after verse two says, thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. Two different offerings. I want to show you that because we're going to highlight that in a few moments. If you let me set up the first part, I want to show you about God's glory. And I want to walk you all the way to Pentecost. How many know Pentecost Sunday is right before us? Amen. I want to show you the outpouring of God's presence, what it has to do with Pentecost, and show you how God's glory is now in the New Testament believer. Would you pull up the picture, please, of the tabernacle one more time? Let's walk through that. Here we are now at the most holy place. 
We've entered into the gate. We come by, past the brazen altar. We're moving east to west. Next is the laver there, speaking of sanctification. Then we go into the holy place, and now we have just went through the veil. Taught you last week that the veil, Hebrews says, is the flesh of Jesus Christ. That's very powerful because I'm going to show you in a, in a little bit later in the service that when his veil, his body was tore, the veil also in the temple was rent. And I'm going to show you about how God's glory was then poured out. Once you come now into the holy of holies or the most holy place, you see the Ark of the Covenant there. You also hear of the mercy seat, which says where is the place where God sits or God dwells. As you move past the veil tonight, you've got to understand you've just entered to the holy of holies, the most holy place on the north side, south, also east there, we see there it is in gold. The day of atonement would come once a year. It was known as that dreaded day or they would enter into that dreaded room into the tabernacle. Once a year, the high priest would come in to make a ceremony or ceremonial sacrifice or presentation for himself first and then also the people. That's very important because there would be a priest to come after him that would not have to make it for himself, only for the people. He would be the last priest or the last high priest that you and I would need. Can somebody say amen tonight? Don't go to sleep on me, we're going somewhere. He makes his way into the holies of holies. He has a basin of blood. With him entering this holies of holies with this blood, he's not coming for celebration, but he's coming to atone for sin or to hold sin accountable. Leviticus 16 and three says, there must be evidence of the sacrifice for sin and also for a burnt offering. Sin and a burnt offering, both have to be dealt with. Both have to be crucified. Here's the problem tonight. We cannot do that. Only Jesus Christ can do that. He gave himself as a burnt offering and that for us was accounted for our sin, not his sin. He is different. He has no need for sacrifice for his sin because he is pure and he is holy and he has never sinned. Can somebody say amen? Therefore, his presentation was not an earthly presentation. It was not as any other priest, but he is now the last high priest. His presentation was not on earth, but it was in the heavenlies. It was not approved by God on earth, but approved by God in the heavenlies. Since therefore we have this high priest, we should now bring ourselves back to God and give ourselves wholly back to God as a living sacrifice. Listen to me tonight. Since our high priest has done this great work, he's let all of us now come into his presence and taste of his blood. Sufficient, as she just sung about. Sufficient blood that has took away the sin from our life and has truly set the captive free. Where there once was bondage, now there is freedom. Where there once was a, a sense of a prison that we lived in, now you and I are free to move in the presence of Jesus Christ. He who the Son is set free is free indeed. Come on, somebody say amen tonight. <laughs> Romans 16 11 said it this way. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. You were dead to sin, but you came alive to God when you were sent to Jesus as your Savior. 
Some of you are like that little nursery rhyme story of your youth laying there dead. You remember when the prince came by and kissed and she got up? You remember that? Brother Anthony, you probably watched that when you were a little boy. You understand? You remember that? It's the same way you were dead looking for somebody to rescue you. Thank God that his blood is sufficient tonight. Since then you are alive, then you need to live like you are alive. You need to worship like you are alive. You need to behave like you are alive and do what God has called you to do. Since we have this new life, let's go a little bit deeper in the holy place. Since we are free now to move there, there's something that stands before us. Now there's a few pictures here. Now we see the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the holy place. Three pieces of furniture are in the holy place. We go through the veil and now we're in the holies of holies and now there is the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not gonna hold you long, but I've got something to share with you tonight. What do we find in this most holy place? We understand first that this is the sanctuary for the presence of Almighty God in the Old Testament. This is where the glory of God dwells. This is the manifestation. It's what the Hebrews called the Shekinah glory of God. Any old people, older church members like myself ever heard that word in church before? Amen. Now, you can't find it in Scripture, but you can find it in church history. It was their word of saying God's presence is in the house. Last Wednesday night, we got out at 9.30 when everybody finally left. It wasn't an advertised service. It was not prompted by a preacher. It was where people stayed, Brother Tony, and they did not want to leave. That's the Shekinah glory of God. Where God shows up and you say, I know I need to get home. I, I've got to fix the kids' lunch tomorrow. I, I've got to go tell this one that. And I, some of you got to go get on Facebook and whatever. But when God shows up, you say, you know what? I, I just can't move right now. I just, something's different about this. Listen, church, God still shows up to people who are hungry for his face. I've been in church services where people left glowing in the presence of the Lord. I've been in church services where we had to help people get out of the church upon the presence of Almighty God. Listen to me tonight. God's not changed. I still believe God can save the drunkard and sober him up at the same service. That's how big our God is tonight. Come on, give God praise if you believe that. The word Shekinah means one who dwells. God is saying, I want to dwell with you. From the, from the fall of man to this very moment in time, God has one desire. Every book pictures this. God is saying, be still. Let me work this out. And when I work it out, I'm going to show you I'll never leave you nor will I forsake you. But Brother Nolan, what happened between Genesis and the fulfillment of the cross? You see God through illustration, liturgical worship, demonstration, through even romance showing us how he wants to be intimate with his people. Song of Solomon, I could go on and on. It's God saying, I want to dwell with you. The problem was that the sin of man alienated man from God and his glory. Romans 3 and 23 says, all that sin fall what? Short of what? Somebody say it loud. The glory of God, the dwelling of God. What are you falling short when you live in your sin? You can't dwell in sin and dwell with God. I, 
play patty cake if you want to. You understand? We, I, know, I know it's not popular preaching, but you can't do it, folks. Can't do it. I didn't mean to stay here. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm staying here. You, you, can't, you can't serve God part way. No, no, you can't swim out in the deep end with one floaty on. You gotta put two if you don't know how to swim. Are you listening? Sooner or later, you'll get tired of doing it with one hand. You'll get tired of faking it. You'll get caught sooner or later. God is letting us know, I wanna dwell with you and I want you to have my glory. But to do that, you've gotta walk with me cleanly in myself. Here in the Old Testament is this dwelling place. Here at the Ark of the Covenant is where God is saying, this is my throne on earth of the Old Testament. And then that Ark of the Covenant, where the mercy seat is, it speaks of, can you pull that picture back up? I think there's a couple of them. Where the presence of God is. Now here, stay with me. This Ark of the Covenant there, go one more over please. In the presence of God, you see this, this right here? This represents God's glory. It represents God's presence. Now it's fulfilled in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, this is where it stands. And let me explain to you about this glory. Look to your neighbor and say glory. Now act like it's 1970 in Pentecost and say glory. Go ahead and do that one time. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's better. In Exodus 40 and 34, it says this. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the Old Testament is set up in the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord would appear. It would be a visible manifestation of an invisible God. It's powerful. It is a visible manifestation. Prove that, Pastor. I will. It's a visible manifestation of an invisible God saying to God's people, I love you. I want to dwell with you. I'm thankful that God still wants to dwell with you and I. Listen to me. I'm not condemning you tonight. You may have put drugs in your body last night, but I want somebody to know tonight he loves you and wants to walk with you and make something great out of your life. You may not know who your mom is. You may not live with your biological father. You may not live with any parent, but I come and let you know tonight you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful in the eyes of God, and when it seems like there is no way to turn your life to greatness, I I say that is a lie tonight. God can do something amazing in your life if you will submit to his love and be obedient to him. Come on, give God praise for that tonight. <laughs> Glory, visible of the invisible. Glory was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Think about that, seeing that over the tabernacle. It was a cloud by day that would just hover. And then a pillar of fire by night that you could see it. And it would let everybody know, even to the heathen, those are God's people. In the most holy place, God dwelt in darkness until he chose to manifest himself as the light because when you look at him and you light anything else up, they are in complete darkness compared to the light of Almighty God. He needs nobody else to make him bright. 
This temple was full of God's glory. The tabernacle, the temple of David also was full of God's glory. But listen to me, but when there was sin, we understand that God only dwells in righteous and demands there. But when there was sin, this cloud that dwelled there would not be there. Anytime there was sin or rebellion, when appointed leaders were disrespected, God would withdraw his glory. Are you listening tonight? We must understand that God's glory is facilitated by the heart and attitude of the people in whose midst he dwells and desires to dwell. Rebellion and sin drive God's presence away as it does him today. Are you listening? There are churches that used to be on fire who had the presence of Almighty God who now are no longer even open. The buildings are closed. They used to be houses of worship where they were talking about things that happened 30 and 40 years ago. Listen, they're all around us in Oconee County, but today they are dead. Somewhere along the way, somebody missed the vision. Somebody went in the sin. Some preacher came and quit preaching the gospel. Some church quit praying. Some church quit working. Some church stop being in the harvest field. Listen to me, North Wahala. God is not locked into us by our name. God is not bound by our location. God works with people, not buildings or denominations. God works with people and when people are hungry and people are committed and people submit to God and people walk in righteousness, God shows up with his glory. And you listen to me tonight where there's God's glory, sins are broken. Drug addicts are free. Alcoholics become clean. Why? because where God dwells so does freedom tonight the good news is this where righteousness and a servant's heart facilitate God's presence I want you to hear me scripture tells us in numbers 14 and 21 that God is committed to keeping his glory available on his earth that's good news because there's been dark periods in history where it seemed like, like Europe right now, where they once, I was in a, I told you last week, I was in a, in a missus meeting, where once cathedrals held 2,000 people, now five people show up. Instead of coming to an altar for prayer, they sell museum tickets at the door, and the people are satisfied with the money of man. So instead of praying that this cathedral becomes a place of worship again, We'd rather charge a ticket to tell you about those who worshiped 300 years ago. Mm. I'm not in the museum business. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost business. I feel God's presence in this house. Not in the museum business. We can't let our great-grandchildren or our grandchildren, our children who live in Oconee County drive by and talk about the revivals of yesterday at North Wahala. We've got to be about God's presence now. Somebody say now. Yes, God's presence now. Numbers 14 and 21 said, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Yes, man fell in the garden. And yes, Israel rebelled in the wilderness. And yes, that exiled them for a season. But this word says that God was committed then and God is committed now to give us his glory and show us his glory. As the writer said, show us your glory. God, do not exile us from your glory. You cannot have church without the glory of God. 
hear me. You could put an educated preacher in the pulpit. You could hire the best gospel group or the best choir that you can find. You can polish us up that we look shinier than a new nickel that just minted from Kentucky. But you hear me tonight, you exile God, you exile God's word, you just damn up the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, you may have a church building, but you do not have God. Come on, I'm pressing this. You preach something contrary to the word of God, you do not have God. You can do it in ignorance and God will show you the way. But if you do it in rebellion, you're opposing the strong arm of God and the Bible said, who can pull down the strong arm of almighty God? God's glory. God says, okay, you rebel against me. I'm still going to reveal my glory. Stay with me. He said, I'll reveal it to a new seed in Abraham. Listen, no matter what, God is committed to this world to reveal his glory to somebody. If the Jewish people didn't want it, God will reveal it to the Gentiles. If us saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled people get complacent and we think that God and this, 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 this is crazy in my mind, but there have been denominations at one time who thought they were the only ones going to heaven. They were the only ones in these billions of years in our time, not God, there's no time in God, but they thought that they had a monopoly on God. Listen to me. You can take that self-righteousness and you can live with it, but I want to tell you something tonight. If you rebel against that, it's not even true, by the way, but if you hold on to that, God is not bound by you, sweetie. Sir, God is not bound by us tonight. God will find a hut in Africa. God will find a back street in Atlanta. God will find some storefront in Charleston where somebody is saying, God, I don't know much. I don't have much, but I know this. I can't be without you, God. We used to sing about it. Sister Lucy, we said it like this. You can have the whole world, but just give me Jesus. Now we're singing, give me 95% of the world and give me 5% of Jesus that I might go to heaven. No, no. God is seeking to and fro in this earth looking for somebody who's saying these words, we don't have much. We don't know much, but we know this. If God be on our side and God be for us, then who can be against us? Listen, God is looking for somebody somewhere who is hungry for the presence of almighty God. But Brother Nolan, the church might drift. Yes, she might, but God will bring her back. She may go into Babylon, but God will go get her. There will be a remnant. There will be a voice left in this earth. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody tonight. Dry bones will live again. I'm speaking to somebody's house tonight that you feel like you're in a dry season. I'm telling you, go ahead and buy a bucket, but don't buy a small bucket. You stay on your face seeking the presence of God. I may not recognize you. The church may not recognize you, but don't give up on God. If you're hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled with the presence of Almighty God tonight. I'm prophesying to somebody. 
you say, Brother Nola, my child is still lost. You stand at the door. You be like the cherubim with a sword in your hand and you declare, my God shall prevail on this behalf and I will not let you have my seed or my blood tonight. The church may go back, but God will go get her out. You may turn aside, but like the prodigal, he'll leave the 99 and go after the one. This generation may not want him, but God then will wait for the next and raise him up that they might know the voice of Almighty God. I don't want to miss this next move of God's glory. I want you to hear me. And I don't know why I'm here, and I didn't think I would go here. In Pentecost, we should be praised for a few things. We should be praised that we were hunger. We excuse me, we were hungry for more of God. And we left because we knew the word had more. But something happened. As we left wanting more, then we began to tell God what he could not do and how far he could go. Hello? And where we once were a movement, I'm scared we're becoming a fort. I don't know why I'm here, but we're here. So let me, let me obey you. And we gotta be careful that where we once were a movement, where we used to pray, God, show us a place where there's not a full move of your spirit and we'll go blaze a trail. No, not anymore, that spirit has died. So then we begin in this protective mode, like we're protecting our child, Jonathan. And we begin to declare that nobody was like us and we were foolish. Because what happened, there was a charismatic movement and we missed that. We didn't understand it in the totality. And while some of that might have been on the edge, it was still of God. Because there were lives changed and people delivered. And then after that charismatic movement, we don't know where we're at right now. I want you to hear me. But the wind's gonna blow again. Denise is gonna blow again. And we cannot stand back and tell God how good we've got it. And I'm gonna be bold here, and I don't know why, but I feel the pressing of the Spirit. We cannot shun those who are not like us. And I'm not talking about other denominations, I'm talking about North Walla. And we have been asking, listen to me, I hear the Spirit telling me to tell you. We cannot just throw stones at them. We're gonna love everybody that comes every Sunday morning, but you hear me. For those who will not go with us, we're not gonna kick them out of the boat. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling me to tell you tonight, for those that refuse to walk in the river, look for those who are coming who want to know what it feels like for the first time. And we're gonna leave them and they're gonna jump in the river. And for those who are resting on yesterday's manna, even though it stinks, don't worry about it. For there are those coming and already here who are hungry, who are saying, just show me him. Just show me his glory and I'll go with you and I'll follow you. Those are the ones that we will join hands with and we'll see the next move of the Holy Ghost. If you believe that tonight, will you give God the biggest hand of praise tonight? God's desires to flood this earth with his glory. He is committed to this.
We are the burden barriers of God's glory. Instead, we have been weighed down with the cares of life. That is not biblical. Excuse me. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast our care upon him. Because he cares for us. I want you to trade the cares of this world for the burden of the glory of God tonight. The cares of this world is not your job, that's God's job. Listen to me. You can't have both. You can't have both. Rusty, you're gonna need money to do what God's called you to do. But I got a word for the church and for you tonight. The money is God's worry. You just worry about God's glory. Because see, where there's God's glory, he has the key to every unlocked door. He has the key to every unlocked door. I'm not gonna play patty cake with bankers and try to manipulate with people. I wanna get lost in his presence. Something happens when God shows up. That's not fake church anymore. Hello? We can't fake it. Brother Nolan, other places don't preach about this type of stuff. But it, you know, I, I understand the practical living. I, I understand that there needs to be an application for every fabric of our life. But you hear me. I can give you five steps and 10 steps and eight steps for all these things. Five steps to better financial breakthrough. But listen, if God's not involved in him, you'll blow it tomorrow. You'll be the very one that God helps and get on the other side and then complain about giving 10% to God. If we just keep this 10%, then I could buy my next beach house. Hello? How many jet skis can you ride at one time? Nothing wrong with a jet ski. Nothing wrong with those toys. But you can't, you can't do it without God in the middle of it. God's blessed you, but you don't feel blessed because you're comparing yourself to your, the brother-in-law down the street. Bible says when you compare yourselves to yourselves, you do so seemingly what is unwise. Because to be just plain and blunt to you, God's been good to all of us. I may not have what Nikki's got, but God's been good to me. Look to your neighbor and say, he's been good to me. If we, were, if we would change our cares and put it on him and resume the responsibility of being the burden carrier of the glory of God, then all that transpires in the tabernacle is laid out for us because what man was created for was not to be weighed down by burdens, but to carry the manifestation of God's glory. Brother Nolan, you can't prove that. Yes, I can. 2 Corinthians 3 says that for a New Testament believer, there is more glory on him or in him See, God's no longer just trying to dwell with man. God wants to dwell in man. A guy gets out of prison, served five years in prison, comes to our church for the first time, walks down to an altar, gives his life to the Lord. At that very moment, there is more glory inside of him, more manifested presence of God. He may not even know how to tie his shoes yet spiritually, but the book of Corinthians says, second book says this, said there's more glory in him than Moses had on his face when he came out of God's presence. You don't understand who you are when you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Y'all looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate tonight. 
there's more glory in you right now than Moses with lightning and thunder and tablets being robed by the hand of God. He says to you, New Testament, why? Because I'm about to show you because the glory is no longer dwelling around you and the glory is not in the lightning or the thunder. The glory is Jesus Christ that dwells in the heart of every single believer. Go, go, go back to the whole tabernacle, please. See, that brass altar right there, that's justification. That labor that's next, that's what we used to call the church sanctification. Are you with me? Then you move into the holy place. That's where we are edified with the three pieces of furniture. That's edification. But God's not finished yet. When we come into his presence, then that's glorification. He takes you all the way in that process of salvation of the New Testament. He takes you all the way from being justified just as it never happened. Yeah, the court book says you're a thief, but the book of salvation says you're free from that. Not just free from that, but free to that. Free to what? You're free from sin and free to the presence of Almighty God. There is no second class citizens at North Wahala. A brother told I didn't go to prison like April did when she was 17. It doesn't matter. She's accepted in the beloved just like you were, sweetie. All the way from justification to glorification of God's presence. Why? Because God's not trying to just glorify you. Listen as I close. But God is trying to glorify his church. It's not God trying to make somebody one president or one king. The glory is not on you to brag about what you are or who you are now because if you're truly been glorified, you know if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be where I'm at tonight. Because you know you when you struggled and you still struggle like we all do at times. Just bump your neighbor. That way they won't know you're talking about your neighbor. Is that okay? But that's all of us tonight. But we understand the glorification is not for the individual. The glorification is for the individual that makes up the church. Because when your light joins with my light, our light is brighter together because then the devil can't say, well, that's just one person. No, no, that's just two people from two different backgrounds. And then when one white person joins with one African-American from like, like the little young lady is coming to our church now from Ghana, then those of the world gets real confused because it's not just a mountain religion in Oconee County. It's a true salvation experience of transformation. If God can do it for Whitney up here in Wahala, but yet God can do it for a little girl in Australia by the name of Shaley and they come to the same church from two different places and two different backgrounds and they talk in two different accents where she says to me like she did I like your accent I said no, no sweetie I don't have an accent you're the one that's got an accent around here you'll understand what I'm saying but what that does to the devil it puts a black eye to his face because the same God that's here and the same glory is here is the same glory as manifested in all the earth when somebody comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. You can't lock him out. Tommy, you can't lock him out. He still saves today. He saved 103 years ago. He was saving right here at North Wahala and he's saving here today. The same God that saved Alathair is the same God that's saving right now in our children's church tonight. Same God. Same glory, same 
manifestation. Let me, let me, are you with me tonight? Since the glory now rests on the church. Paul not only says when we sin, we fall short. He said also though, listen, five minutes, that God has predestinated us or predestined in the book of Ephesians to the praise of what? Yes, somebody over here was saying it. His glory. Not only are we now separated to his glory, but also for the praise of his glory. There's no shortcut to the ark. There's no shortcut to the tabernacle. Why? Because if there was a shortcut then, there would be a shortcut now. It's foreshadowing. It's to let us know you've got to go by the gate first. Can't come in another way, right? You've got to go past the brazen altar, then the laver, so to speak. There's no shortcut. You can't bypass anything. Line upon line, precept upon precept. The book of Colossians, Paul says to this, since this is it, this is where I close, the mystery that he spoke about in Ephesians is fulfilled in Colossians 1 and 27. To them, God willed to make known that are the riches of glory, the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. The most holy place concealed the glory of God, the Old Testament. Listen to this. If God did not have, God says to them, because of sin and rebellion, I'm going to dwell on earth, but I'm going to dwell right here. But brother, know his glory would have killed if it was exposed to everyone in that state. So God says, I'm going to veil it off. I'm going to make not only necessary steps that foreshadow the New Testament salvation experience and also discipleship, but God says, I'm going to put this veil here to separate. I can't just let anybody in only on the day of atonement and one man. See what you understand? That veil in the New Testament, according to Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the veil. Thus, Jesus is represented in the Old Testament tabernacle. Jesus hides or conceals the glory of God in the Old Testament. Not just the Old Testament. When Jesus came in the womb of a virgin by the name of Mary, now God's glory is represented in human flesh. Not just any human flesh, but the flesh of Jesus, our Savior. That's why in John 14 and 9, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen my Father. God's glory now, the Old Testament, now represents in that babe in the manger. In the Old Testament, the world could not survive anyone who survived the exposure of God's glory. But now the veiled glory is in the Son, in the flesh of men, in Jesus Christ. However, listen to me, when Christ died, that flesh was torn on his body. Also, the veil was torn in the temple. That experience that happened there when Jesus said, it is finished, and the veil was torn, all of a sudden, the ground began to shake. The sky went black. And that veil that was torn in the temple now is saying to all of us, that veil represented the Old Testament was really Jesus Christ. And when he cries, it's finished. And they cut his body. Or they tear his body. And that veil is open in that temple or that tabernacle. It is letting all of us know now that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And you and I can experience the glory of all my to God. To prove that, listen to me, John 17, 5, Jesus prayed, Oh, Father, 
Glorify me together with yourself. Why? With the glory which I had with you before the world was. Why? Because when that glory was together, that unified glory, and he says, it is finished, and the veil is rent in the temple for three hours, some things happened. Watch these supernatural events. The earth went dark. The planet began to tremble. Men repented. The veil was rent. There was literally, the scripture says there were naked people at one time, but dead people walking through the streets of Jerusalem. Listen to me. Also, the those that died in Abraham's bosom, bosom, they rejoicing because the doors were about to open to freedom. Dead men walking through the street. Forty days Jesus showed himself alive by meeting infallible proofs because he was letting the world know before he ascended, I have overcome death, hell, and the grave. It was supernatural things happening. It was God's glory now not being contained in a tabernacle that were ten perfect cubits. It was Jesus now. But watch this though. But Jesus said, it's expedient that I go because if I do not go, the comforter shall not come. God is saying, listen, this glory now is about to flow. It was stopped in a box in a room in the Old Testament tabernacle. He was saying, but now listen, you haven't seen nothing yet. I want you to go to an upper room and I want you to dwell there and there's something going to happen in that upper room. Brother Nolan, what was going to happen? He said, when I get back to the Father, I'm going to send you the paraclete. I'm going to send you the comforter. Another the one just like me. Pericle means just like me. So when Jesus made it back home, he sent the Holy Ghost to the church and all those that were in that upper room there came a sound out of heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house that they were sitting and all of a sudden there appeared upon cloven tongues as a fire that set upon their head and all of a sudden there began sounds and tongues and noise that they've never heard before. People speaking in languages of all languages of all people that were represented there. Brother Nolan, what was that? That was the glory of God being poured out onto the church. I come and let somebody know God is not dead and the church is not dead. The church is full of fire and power and it's alive and it will be alive till Jesus comes back to get us from this earth. Wake up North Wahala. Our best days are ahead of us but it's not because of a preacher. It's not because of the deacons or the choir. It's because God wants to pour out his glory upon all the earth. Uh, stand with me tonight. Stand with me. Stand with me. I'll pick up next week the two hindrances to the glory of God in the church. I tried my best to get there tonight. But you listen to me. I know I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm doing a little more preaching. But Pentecost Sunday is ahead. The glory now is transferred and it sits on the church. I'm not trying to scare anybody new tonight. Don't, don't leave here thinking we hokey. That's, no, 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 no. But you can't deny God's power. You can't say you want to be saved and then put God in a little box over there. Don't tell me you want your child off drugs, but you're not willing to pray and fast about it. It's not glory, it's slothfulness. Don't tell me there's been a dry service or two in the church and you won't do anything about it. No, you want a butler. This is not pastor driven. This is the church. We all have a function. Are you listening? The glory now is on the church. It's no longer one priest in atonement. We all now can walk in. That way when the Chris Chapmans come in, 
We don't look at him without hope of glory. When we tell him, which is in Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to see people saved Sunday morning. Aren't you hungry to see chains broken? If that don't burn in you, something's wrong. The outward manifestation of God's glory. I still remember as an older teen, but young teen in church when I came to Pentecost. You know what amazed me, Brother Ellingberg? I finally knew God was real. That church wasn't about paying the preacher or paying the bills or being better than the church down the road, but God was real. And people want to go to church because they knew God could show up. I remember when truck drivers would drive by Highway 52, Anthony, I'm telling you the truth, and they would pull in our parking lot. You know, I'm going to say that. They would pull in our parking lot because some churches would want that because, you know, they don't want the church drive, the trucks driving in because it might take somebody's parking spot. But, but they would walk in, and I remember them interrupting church. And a truck driver walk in and say this, I was driving by your church. I used to go to church and all of a sudden something came all over me and I can't drive another mile. Would you lead me to God? I don't know much about him, but I know I can't go on like this. We quit church and have church right then. It happens. I'm prophesying. I'm telling you, our children are going to raise up with fire and our children will lay hands and the sick shall recover. Our children are going to begin to lay hands and they're going to see the power of God again. The power of God is not dead. The glory of God is not dead. God is going to raise up another generation who is hungry for his voice and hungry for his presence and God is going to pour out his presence again and lives will be changed. You hear me, Anthony? God is not, God is not held back by my title. God is not held back to only function through a bishop or or a reverend, God will use the oldest lady or the youngest child of the church to reveal his glory. I feel him tonight. And here's what I want to do. I know somebody's thinking we could be at 9.30. No, no, well, maybe, I don't know. But you got sin in your life tonight? If you're living in sin, you have sin in your life? I want you to experience all of God. You should be at this altar. We're not going to rebuke you. We're going to worship with you. We're going to celebrate your life because we already know we once were just like you. And the only reason that we have been glorified is because we have been justified. And God can glorify you in all his ways and show you his glory, but he will not do it until you've been justified. Oh, then we'll talk about sanctified later, but justified first. So would you bow your heads just for a moment? I feel God. If you've got sin in your life, and I know that's a hard word. Oh, nobody's looking. Would you step out by faith right now and let us pray with you? God will forgive you. I believe God will not only forgive you, but clean you up right this very moment. If you're bound by drugs tonight, you say, Brother Nolan, I, I'm struggling with a drug addiction. Let us help you tonight. I've got some people here that's not worried about going home watching The Voice or whatever comes on on Wednesday night. I've got some prayer warriors that will do nothing more but pray you, pray with you, pray for you. You got an addiction tonight? You're hiding behind this or that? We're not condemning you. Romans 8 and 1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ positionally. Do you step out by faith and let God pray with you tonight? Let this church pray for you. Excuse me, I mean. Amen. 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 We have some young ladies coming to the altar. 
Whitney, would you come, please? Tracy, Denise, and you ladies, come. Victoria, please. April, come. Help me, please. We're, listen, can I tell you something before you bow? We are so honored to have you in our church. This is your church. You are not only welcome here, we're glad God's brought you here. Amen? You are special to us. Would you pray, pray with him, please? Please. Listen, God's in the house. God wants to show his glory to his church. God wants to show his glory to husbands and wives. God wants to show his glory to young people in this church. Can I have three college and career people who are not afraid to say, God, I, I give you myself for your glory. Three college and career people step out right now. Three college, just give me three. I only want the whole bunch. The whole bunch can come, but can I have three? Three people that'll come. College and career, I need three people. I need three college and career students. Come, I have one, two more. Two more want prayer. I'm not saying you have sin in your life. I'm gonna come grab three college and career. Now, I wouldn't do a visitor like that, but three. I have one more, I have one more. Well, come on, come on, TJ, come with me, please. TJ, come with me. I want y'all three to stand right here. I want y'all three. Chris, come on with me. Come stand in the middle. Come stand in the middle. Come stand in the middle. Aaliyah, come here with me. Come here, Aaliyah, come here. Sweetie, you stay right here. Stay right here. God touch them. Here's what I want y'all three to do. I want y'all to grab each other's hand tonight. Father, grab each other's hand. TJ, grab your hand. Father, pour out your glory. Tracy, lay hands on them. God, pour out your glory upon them. Stretch your hand this way, church. Don't be afraid. We just pray for people. James says, call the elders of church and pray for them. That's all we're doing. Father, I pray right now that the college and career will experience a move of God like never before. God, I pray for an outpouring, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. TJ, look, come on, right now, pray. I pray for a fresh outpouring. I pray for a fresh outpouring. Open up your doors, college and career. Don't, don't make it just about you. There are more people hurting that need God. They need to know that somebody loves them. Oh, they need to know that somebody cares about them. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out tonight. Come on, play, brother. Play, brother. Hallelujah. Rusty, come here, Rusty. Let me pray with you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Bring your wife with you. Bring your wife with you. Anthony, come help me pray. Tony, come help me pray tonight. Let me tell you why I want to pray with you. I woke up praying for you already today. <laughs> so first, I want to tell you that I love you and I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. But I woke up praying for you. I want God to show his glory like never before. God, whatever need he has, whatever resource he needs. God, the mind battle. The enemy will tell him he's not doing a good job and he's not worth it. The enemy will tell him to quit. The enemy will tell him to quit building houses and quit helping orphanage. The enemy will tell you that the church don't appreciate you. The pastor don't appreciate you. But the devil is a lie tonight. Oh, God. Pour out your glory. <laughs> oh, God, for that specific need that they're praying for. God, God, for that resource that they need tonight. God, do it. Do it. Do it anew. Do that new thing. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Oh, brother, you'll never be in lack. You'll never be in lack. I encourage you tonight. I will encourage you more in days to come, but I encourage you in the spirit tonight. You get a new grip and a tired head. You've been doing a lot of it by yourself. And man's not recognized you, but God has, my friend. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. You press forward. Oh, Holy Spirit, you press forward. You press forward. Listen, he has taken note of everything. Everything. Oh, you guard that heart. You guard that heart. You guard that heart. If the devil gets your heart, he'll get your work. If he gets your work, he'll get the people that God has intended for you to serve. Oh, devil, you lie tonight. You had not seen nothing yet. God, I feel the Holy Ghost.
come on, somebody, can we lift up our hands, just worship the Lord? Where there is glory, there is God. And where there is God, there is glory. God moving our children's ministry. Moving our youth ministry. God moving our senior adults tonight. God moving our senior adults tonight, God. Holy, holy, holy. God, show up. God, pour out your glory. Pour out your glory, God. God moving our schools. Move at the DAR tonight, God. They're our family. God, pour out your glory. Pour out your glory in the high school. Pour out your glory in the hospital. Pour out your glory at the nursing home, God. Pour out your glory at Christ Central. Pour out your glory, God, on Pastor Godwin, on Pastor Smith, God, on Pastor Way, God. Pour out your glory, God. God, we're no longer exiled. God, your glory, your glory, your glory. Your glory, God, is what we long for. God, we tired of spectating preaching. God, we're tired of entertainment. Entertainment won't suffice. Would you just pray two more minutes with me? Would you give me two more minutes? God, come on, lift up holy hands. God, we're tired of dry seasons. Listen to me, we're tired of dry church, God. God, we don't want ankle deep water. We want to be submerged in your spirit. We want to see what the Bible says, God. We want to see fire fall from heaven. God, we want to see fresh fire, God. We want to see fresh manna. Touch our Sunday school teachers, God. God, touch our Sunday school teachers. Touch Pastor Russell. Touch Chris and Whitney tonight, God. Touch Ashley and Brandon, God. Pour it out. Pour it out on our deacons, God. Pour out your glory. I'm not trying to hold you. I want God's glory tonight. Pour it out on our single moms tonight, God. Pour it out on our widows tonight, God. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out on our divorcees tonight, God, who might be alone in this life. Pour out your glory. Touch our shut-ins. Touch our shut-ins tonight, God. Pour out your glory tonight. And God, in closing, pour it out on my home. Don't bypass me tonight. Holy, holy, holy. I'm going to join in prayer. and I want a closing prayer. Pastor Wade, would you come here tonight, please? I'm going to close out with you. Listen, this is not a spooky church. This is not a hokey church, but this is a Bible church. Come here, come here, come here. And we believe that the Word is for us, and we're hungry for the glory of God. Amen? Look to your neighbor and say, I want him to show us his glory. Would you do that tonight? Come on, do that for me. Do that for me. Do that for me. Here's what I want you to do. It could be 10 seconds. It could be 10 minutes. I want you to stretch out your hands tonight. I'm going to hold the mic to your mouth, and I just want you to pray. I want you to pray that God would reveal his glory, not only to me, but to the church. I want you to obey the Holy Ghost. Father. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you for the glory of God, Father. I thank you for the glory that rests on my brother. God, 
and God on your people, the sheep of your pasture. God, I pray for the glory of the living God to fall on this house, God, to fall on this people, Lord, even this night, God, that this be only a beginning of the glory of the God that will be revealed in this house and through this minister of the gospel, God, is laying on the floor here, Lord. Father, I thank you that you hear us tonight, God, as we lift our voices unto you in one, one voice, God. Father, we thank you for the blessing of the mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost, God. Only you, God, can bring the anointing, God. We don't have it in us to do any of that, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I pray for this pastor. I pray for this congregation, Lord. I pray for the sheep of your pastor, Lord God, that you put our pastor in charge of, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will lead us by your spirit. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will find tune in our ears to hear what the spirit of the living God is saying in this hour to each one of us individually, Lord. And Father, I thank you for all the glory of the Lord that's been displayed in this house tonight, Lord. And for it all, we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor, Jesus. Holy Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Y'all know how to praise the Lord. Does this church know how to praise the Lord? Let's give him glory tonight. Let's magnify the God of Abraham. Don't be unashamed. Lift your voice and praise him if you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and the salvation. Father, we bless you in this house tonight. We thank you for your glory, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Father. We thank you for a Holy Ghost-filled pastor, Lord, that will obey your voice, God, and who's not afraid, Lord Jesus. We give you praise for that. Now, Father, bless this house tonight, God. Bless these people, Lord Jesus, as we leave tonight, God. I pray for the glory of the Lord to rest on each one of us, Father, and even wake up some of us in the middle of the night tonight to let us know that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and your glory is everywhere, Father. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I guess y'all can be dismissed. Uh, Y'all be dismissed. You want to? Or you can stay all night.